Hi, I'm Scott Hallgren, Associate Professor of Digital Media Production here at MDJ, and you're listening to Around the Sphere. Welcome to Around the Sphere, the podcast of the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University, produced and recorded by MDJ students, faculty, and staff just for you. Hi, my name is Emma Andrus. I am a senior journalism major and the editor-in-chief of the Kent Stater and KentWire.com. So KentWire.com is a convergence of our broadcast television station, TV2, and our sort of print slash web form of the Kent Stater. Most recently, we put together a print edition, which is on stands now. It is a collaboration between ourselves at the Kent Stater, the Student Media Office, and the Commuter Off-Campus Student Organization, otherwise known as COSO. So it is called Home Away From Home, it's a guide to housing and living, and it is on stands across campus now. Also, we recently put together our election coverage for the midterm elections. We have a live show from TV2, as well as live coverage that went on throughout the day from our reporters in the newsroom. We recently won second place for four-year college or university website of the year, so we're very excited about that. Toward the end of the semester, you can look out for applications to start coming out for reporters, social media positions, and all kinds of photography positions. We have positions that will be open for everyone of all majors, all interests, all backgrounds. So if you want to keep in touch, you can email me at eandrus3 at kent.edu, or you can follow us on social media at kentwired. I am Genevieve Krejci, I'm the project manager of Around the Sphere, and today we're going to be talking about the Magruder Award. I'm Dr. Sherlyn Lambert in the School of Media and Journalism. I'm an associate professor here, and my area is public relations, and I also do quite a bit of work when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And I'm Thor Waspotten, professor in the School of Media and Journalism and the former director of the school, and so I am very close to this award and so happy to be joining you today. So what is the Magruder event? So the official name is the Robert G. Magruder Distinguished Lecture and Awards Program, and it recognizes the accomplishments of media professionals who encourage diversity. It is one of Kent State University's most successful events celebrating diversity and has been around since 2003. The annual Robert G. Magruder Distinguished Lecture and Awards Program in honor of Mr. Magruder and his remarkable career recognizes the accomplishments of media professionals who encourage diversity. Robert G. Bob Magruder was a trailblazing Kent State journalist who listed a number of firsts on his resume. First black editor of the Daily Kent Stater and first black reporter at the Plain Dealer. First black president of the Associated Press Managing Editors Group in 1995 and first black executive editor at the Detroit Free Press in 1996. He died in April 2002 at the age of 60, but his legacy continues. Is there a student portion for the event? 
Yes, and we're so delighted because the uh, the distinguished leadership portion is where we recognize a regional person that's working in media or journalism, um, and also a national individual working in media and journalism who is also committed to diversity. But the student portion is actually actually looking at either an undergraduate or a graduate student in the School of Media and Journalism who has completed either a class assignment, completed an article, a thesis, or a master's professional project, an internship, something that helps to celebrate and convey the idea of diversity, marginalized populations, um, an issue related to social justice, something like that. And those are awarded also every year along with the Distinguished Leadership Award. Congratulations to the 2021 Robert G. Magruder Student Award for Diversity winner, Angela Molina, for her piece, Looking Forward to a Queer, Friendly Future, illustrated by Livia Kirasik. Congratulations also to the team of Yulani Rogers, Khalil Thompson, Amber Cochilio, Olivia Brown, and Ashley Johnson for their work titled Akron Civic Duty. The committee commends this team's work and acknowledges their accomplishment with this special recognition. How do you honor the winners? So we honor the student winners through a, more recently it's been a scholarship. Before that, it was a financial contribution to them that goes straight to their Bursar's account. Um, And we also recognize them publicly during the awards event. Uh, And finally, we actually post it on our website where we have a link to their individual work that they've completed. The Leadership Award, the more regional one, is a little more recent than the original award. The idea was we wanted to be able to celebrate those who were from closer to Kent State, closer to this region that were making an impact here. Because the more we thought about the Magruder Award, the main award, the more we thought we can identify people not just from Ohio, not just from the Midwest. This is an award that should have an impact all over the world, not just here in in Northeast Ohio. But the Leadership Award allows us to always remember where we're from. It's my honor to introduce our 2022 Leadership and Diversity Award recipient, Mr. Maurice Newman. I first met Maurice when I served as director of this school a decade ago. One of my priorities was to build relationships with schools in Northeast Ohio. I remember hearing about Maurice. The introduction was that Maurice was a person who spent much of his time using his motivational skills to improve the lives of more than a thousand children through working with a program called Project Love. When Maurice and I first met, he also had an idea to build relationships with schools. It was Maurice who first introduced our school to Daniel E. Morgan Middle School. It was Maurice who worked with Principal Sanders and Dr. Chambers to bring in Professor Gene Shelton, myself, and others to meet with students in seventh and eighth grades. It was Maurice who helped us organize our overnight summer program where students from Daniel E. Morgan stayed on this campus to learn about storytelling. Maurice is an unwavering advocate for the youth in Northeast Ohio. For more than 20 years, Maurice has demonstrated his determination and his commitment to creating conditions to help children see a path forward. Congratulations on receiving the 2022 Leadership and Diversity Award. You know, they, uh, I don't really need to say much. I think he said it all. <laughs> but what I would like to say is yeah, I was that crazy kid, the kid that always sought out problems because whenever you could find a problem, there was something that you could do. I was that kid that liked to take things apart and see how they went, made them work, or how you could take parts and make things work better. I did have an opportunity to go to a private boarding school uh, during the civil rights period. It was an interesting time because 
in those days was a tremendous education. Much like college, you could take as many classes as you could fit into your schedule. You realize this is what is capable. But in today's world, the rate of change has changed. We're moving from a world where our generation moved in a kind of linear fashion to one now which is exponential. The kids don't need less, they need more. But this is the most connected generation in the history of the world. So it's not the neighborhood anymore. These kids are connected globally. And this generation, if given the tools, uh, is the generation that I think will probably end things like poverty, illiteracy, racism, and climate. This school is so important because it teaches one thing, and that's how to communicate. That everybody all over the world is looking for that next best idea. But if you can't communicate, you will die with the idea on your lips. And how committed are these kids? Because these are kids in Cleveland Public Schools. One of the things that we told them very first day, this is not CMSD. This is like the NFL or the NBA. But one of the things that Gene Shelton and I came up with is how much work can we get out of these kids? So we, on the second day, we at, gave them 15 minutes to get together. And we said, you know, we can make this program light and fluffy. Or we can treat you like college freshmen. You're going to do more work, but you're going to learn a lot. The kids at Daniel E. Morgan said to us, we want to be as close to college freshmen as we can. These kids are hungry. They want to learn. And sometimes that old saying, kid, give me your zip code and I'll give you your future, has to end. And I think I'm going to end with the words of George Frazier, one of the great motivational speakers. You will never change that which you're willing to tolerate. Thank you. A lot of it really needs to be thought about how we're honoring them with this award, but they're also, in a way, giving so much to us because the, the main award comes with a lecture. And when that the person who wins this award comes and speaks to us for 20, 25 minutes, it's an amazing opportunity to kind of peel back that layer of the onion to figure out, okay, this is the person, but what have they done and how have they done it? And when they can kind of impart some of their wisdom with us, you see the students in the room and the light bulbs flash and all of a sudden you realize that they're learning something that will stay with them forever. Good morning. I am delighted to introduce our 2022 Magruder Award winner, Margaret Bernstein. Margaret is a native of LA who earned her bachelor's degree in journalism from the University of Southern California. In 1989, she was hired at the Cleveland Plain Dealer and worked there as a reporter, editor, and columnist for 24 years. She is the 2008 winner of the National Association of Black Journalists Community Service Award. In 2000, she was recognized as National Big Sister by Big Brother's Big Sister of America. After a long career as a newspaper writer, she accepted a job as the Director of Advocacy and Community Initiatives at WKYC Channel 3 in Cleveland. Just one year after she entered the TV business, she won an Emmy for community service for her We Read Here Literacy Campaign. Margaret's credentials in writing, inspiring nonfiction include a focus on reducing fatherlessness and strengthening families. Since 2015, she has served on the board of Little Free Library, a Wisconsin-based nonprofit that is sparking enthusiasm for reading globally. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to our 2022 Magruder Award winner, Margaret Bernstein. That looks nice. Hi, everybody. This is an incredible, incredible honor for me. Bob Magruder served as the Plain Dealer's managing editor from 1981 to 1986. 
By the time I was hired there in 1989, he had moved on to a position at the Detroit Free Press. I never got to meet him, but I know his famous quote. Bob said, please know that I stand for diversity. I represent diversity. I am the messenger and the message. And I vividly remember that quote because it was printed on a poster at uh, the plane dealer. And that quote leaped to my mind immediately when I got the email telling me that I had um, won this award. Today, I am very clear on the fact that I'm walking in the footsteps of a giant. You heard all those firsts. I'm also clear on that because I covered this event as a plane dealer reporter. Since high school, I dreamed of having a career as a newspaper reporter. And the LA Times was my dream. I wanted to work there so bad. And the closest I came was in the summer of 1978. I did get a job at the LA Times. It was in the circulation department. I was 18. My job was to answer calls from the public. This was also the number that you called if you wanted to order the LA Times. I remember being instructed by the bosses that if anyone called from the zip code 90220, that we were to tell them that we did not offer delivery to that zip code. 90220 was, and still is, the zip code for Compton, a black and largely poor community uh, southeast of Los Angeles. Wow, that doesn't seem fair. I have relatives that live in Compton. We don't live there, but my father works in Compton. And the LA Times couldn't have possibly had a more loyal reader than my father. We were daily subscribers, and he loved reading the papers. He would pass me the comic section. The LA Times was a big part of our ritual as a family, as a black family. I'm sure it is a big reason why I allowed myself to dream of a career in this field. So I was 18 and it never occurred to me to challenge what we would now recognize as a policy that boils down to systemic racism. But now I am proud to stand here as the very first recipient of the Magruder Award since the pandemic and since the nation's racial reckoning happened, a lot has changed. As journalists and future journalists, there is new evidence that we do have the power to make an institutions change. So right here, I wanna quote Christopher Norris, a reporter in Philadelphia. He said, the reason the George Floyd case captured the attention of the world is because there was a brave young woman who committed an act of journalism. On May 25th, 2020, 17-year-old Darnella Frazier recorded on her phone the scene of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin pressing his knee into the neck of a handcuffed George Floyd, and she uploaded it to Facebook. Let's just spend a moment thinking about all the social change that has happened as a result of this 17-year-old's act of journalism. Interracial crowds of people protested that whole summer long. As a result, many companies issued their first internal reports about diversity in hiring. They critiqued their policies. And Jemima is gone. So are the Cleveland Indians. These are just a handful of responses triggered by Darnella Frazier's act of journalism. So when I say social change resulted, I mean that we really need to reflect on the media's role in making that change happen. So my journey in journalism has always pointed me in the direction of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So in Isabel Wilkerson's book, Cast, she writes, in America, news outlets feed audiences a diet of inner city crime and poverty so out of proportion to the numbers that they distort perceptions of African-Americans and societal issues as a whole. This is something I've always really been aware of. I've made a career out of making sure that the media outlets where I worked didn't just cover black stereotypes. I wrote about achievers and strivers. And as I gained confidence in this journey to humanize the poor and portray people of color in a way that defied stereotypes, 
I got a lot of angry callers and emailers at the Plain Dealer who didn't like that this was becoming my brand. They kept insisting to me that poverty was a choice. They didn't like it when I brought up the problems that the people I wrote about had to deal with and overcome. Teen pregnancy, crime-ridden neighborhoods, run-ins with police, on and on. According to my critics, these were all problems of their own making. Those responses kept me in a defensive posture, but I kept going on the journey. The longer I worked at the PD, the more I was able to gain confidence and suggest stories that I thought our readers needed to read. I'm thinking about Father's Day 2007. It was really a landmark in my journey. I was able to take over the entire Sunday front page with profiles of three fathers. I had just finished writing my book, The Bond, and I had learned a lot about how the cycle of fatherlessness is so hard to defeat. So for that Sunday's paper, I pitched a story profiling three men who didn't have fathers in their lives growing up, but these men had all taught themselves to be fathers. One of the guys I profiled had become a father at 15. As a boy, he never knew anything about his dad until age seven when his mother told him his father had just been murdered. So I told his story, not reducing him to an irresponsible teen. He and the other two men I profiled told me they had no clue how to be a good father, no role model. They felt lucky to have had an intervention of some sort in their lives, a fatherhood program, a boot camp for new dads, a mentor. I showed them how these programs had helped the men succeed. Also in that Sunday's paper, inside the editorial page, was a commentary written by one of my coworkers. And his point was basically, here's why absentee fathers disgust me. He lit into men who abandoned their kids and lectured them about everything that they're missing by not being part of their child's life. And I was grateful that I had been able to present another perspective, glad I could balance out his commentary by telling true stories of men breaking the cycle. I was beginning to understand that I could change the narrative. I had no role models, so I had to teach myself to speak up for my community. And over time, my unique voice at the newspaper became valued. I talked earlier about how a commitment to community really influences my brand of journalism. And so in 2014, it really was a stroke of luck to find the perfect job for me. I was hired at WKYC as the Director of Advocacy and Community Initiatives. In June of 2020, after George Floyd was murdered, we produced a half-hour news special examining what was going on in our nation in the wake of his death. We wanted to pose the question, is this moment a turning point for our society? Is the moment a movement? And we ended up naming the special A Turning Point. I'm proud to say that A Turning Point has now continued for two years. I'm also proud that the team that produces A Turning Point is so determined to make sure that our reporting is thorough, that we read books together about systemic racism, including Cass, which I mentioned earlier, and also Heather McGee's important solution-oriented book, The Sum of Us, What Racism Costs Everyone and How We Can Prosper Together. Because of the racial reckoning, we're finally developing the vocabulary we need to explain that the playing field truly is not level. And for us as media professionals to advocate for equity and even to go a step beyond that and advocate for justice. And now, of course, this very dialogue about equity and justice is under attack. So I just close with the thought that our work is not done. Is this a turning point for our nation? I hope so. But we need the news media to stay on the case relentlessly. And we must have diverse voices determining our news content. This momentum does not have to die. Bob Magruder opened the door for Maurice Newman and for Margaret Bernstein. And now we are holding it open for you students. Come in and leave your mark. And thank you, Kent State, for keeping Bob Magruder's name on our lips and keeping his legacy alive.
like to see in the future with the event? Well, one of the things that we've been talking about with the Diversity and Globalization Committee is if we can branch out actually beyond journalism. One of our members of our committee is a filmmaker, and so we've been looking at filmmakers, uh, you know, perhaps some advertising experts, public relations, so go beyond just journalism, because we know there are so many different fields that are directly involved in advocating on behalf of those from marginalized communities. Absolutely. This is a school of medium journal and journalism, right? I mean, we represent in so many ways what Mr. Magruder had mentioned many years ago. And although we're thinking about this right now in terms of like disciplines, journalism, public relations, advertising, digital media production, there are people throughout all of those industries who deserve to be recognized mm-hmm. and deserve to serve as models for others to be able to understand what behavioral choices can do to help benefit our communities and the people that live in those communities. And so anytime we can expand to represent more of what our school represents, I think is going to be an important path forward. Is there anything else that you would like to add about the event? I, you know, it is, uh, I said this, I think, every single year that I represented the school on the stage introducing our recipient, and that is um, there are a few things that we all want to know are signature events. The Magruder Award is absolutely one of the top, if not the top, event that I think has impact to every student that sits there and watches and listens and learns. And it's the, it's the one that has the greatest amount of impact beyond what we do, because it's could signal what we stand for within our school. So I think that that is, um, it's a great takeaway for us, um, and it's a great way for us to build that foundation to continue to expand this award. Yeah, just expanding on that point, it reflects what we're trying to do in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It is us really walking the walk, not just talking about it. It is an indication as well of our statement of diversity for the School of Media and Journalism, and helps to reflect some of those efforts. I just wish I had an evil lab. You know, I can't say the feeling is mutual. Oh, come on. You know, a place where I can bring my take-over-the-world ideas to life. I can't promise you an evil lab, but have you ever considered the VCD Creative Lab? I suppose that could work. What does it have? Well, it has a 3D printer, high-quality flatbed scanners, and laser jet and large-format inkjet printing. Oh, wow. That's a lot. What else can I do with the lab? Well, you can rent iPad Pros, Apple Pens, cameras, studio light kits, and more. The lab also has four separate photography studios in it. I can't believe I've never heard of this place before. Well, it's located on the third floor of Taylor Hall and was just added in 2017 when the building underwent some major renovations. I wonder if that fancy printer can make me a supervillain suit. Uh, I doubt it, but you can probably find someone to design it for you there. As always, we'd love to hear any feedback, questions, or ideas you might have for us. You can send us an email at mdjpodcast at kent.edu. Well, that's all we have for you today. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back soon with more episodes. All right. See ya. You've been listening to Around the Sphere. Please send us your thoughts, comments, and feedback to mdjpodcast at kent.edu. Music for this podcast was written and produced by Professor Scott Hallgren. This episode was produced by KG Goody, DMP major, and our podcast project manager is Genevieve Krejci, PR major. This podcast is advised by MDJ director Emily Metzger. 
Special thanks to all the students, faculty, and staff who made this episode possible, and a very special thanks to you for listening. We'll see and hear you around the sphere.